Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast, featuring New York sports talk from a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Got a good show for you this week. Super Bowl 54 is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs are the champions, having taken down the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. to If you remember last year's Super Bowl show, we had some fun. We decided to roll it back. We're going to do it again. Joe Dalloisio, the host of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast, will be in the studio in just a bit. We will break down the big game, figure out what went right for the Chiefs, what went wrong for the 49ers. And we will also look ahead to some of the interesting topics in the NFL offseason. There is some early betting odds on who will be the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. There are some thoughts on the Jets and the Giants. Some of the hot button issues, we'll address those in the pocket as well. We'll also be taking a dive into the world of the halftime show and the commercials with our pop culture correspondent, Sandra. She will join me in the studio later in the show. We'll break that all down. Also, stick around to the end for this week's two-minute drill where I recap the end of the Australian Open. We had a, I'd say an expected result for the men, a very unexpected one for the women. So I'll break all that down for you, what that means for these players going forward. But stay tuned. Our Super Bowl recap with Joe D coming in the opening tip right after this. Mahomes throws, pass, caught, Williams, touchdown, Kansas City jumps on top. All right, we are back with the on the uh, Just End of Suffering podcast week's opening tip. You just heard Joe Buck call the go-ahead touchdown Super Bowl 54. Patrick Holmes throwing a touchdown to Damian Williams, part of an MVP effort. Joining me, just like he did last year to recap the big game, the host of the Sharp Cheddar podcast, Joe D'Aloisio. Joe, welcome. How are you? Mike, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, as always. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I figured last year was so much fun, we had to roll that entire show recipe back, so we're going to do the exact same thing. That's what I like to hear. Consistency is yep. key. Consistency is key, and I will say, remember last year we opened this one listening to Turner Alders got a punt, so this game was so much better than that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's uh, no comparison how terrible last year's Super Bowl was compared to this. I mean, I think the only storyline you really had in last year's Super Bowl was probably the fact that... Um, I don't know. You had public enemy number one and two, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady out on the field once again. Yeah, uh, That's about it. But, I mean, the punts, the field goals, the lack of scoring, lack of excitement, that certainly wasn't this Super Bowl. It was not this Super Bowl. Cause I remember last year, like, the whole thing was a, a disappointment. With, like, the game, the halftime, the commercials, everything was a disaster. It was, it was a drag. Yeah, I guess I said at the time we like, we felt like we were in the uh, alternate time, we were in the darkest timeline with that Super Bowl last year. No, yeah, it was just such a drag, and I, it was it was a tough watch. Yeah. It was tough to go through, and even for like the casual fan, there is no way the casual fan got through last year's Super Bowl. The casual fan this year, fourth quarter, glued, glued, one hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. And I love this game and. Before we dive deeper into this game, I want to reset also what happened with the picks challenge because this was pretty interesting. I did win the playoff pick challenge because I had the Chiefs winning the game. Nick Frey was here at the 49ers. I had the over, so I was wrong on that. He had the under. We put two points on that, so I won by two. So snuck that one out again. Congratulations. I actually had the 49ers. Yeah. You- Going into it, I said, uh, my heart says the Kansas City Chiefs for a few reasons. I love Patrick Mahomes. Andy I love Reed. Andy Reid, and I just watched the 49ers kick Green Bay's rear end. Yeah. So there was no way I could uh, f- root for the 49ers. Root for the 49ers, yeah. exactly. So, But my gut really said the 49ers, but I'm glad I was wrong. 
Yeah, and you actually were pretty close on the score for there for a while because that, like I said on the podcast, like I said that whoever, back to Kevin Walsh two weeks ago, actually, I said, you know what? I have all you guys who the picks regular season send in your scores and your storylines. Whoever gets the closest wins a $20 prize. For a while there, I think you and uh, my buddy Phil Farrietta had the same score, 20-24-49. Look, very realistic possibility there. Who ended up winning? I will get to that. Uh, Sean Rowe was close. He had 27-19 Chiefs. Schneider Hang was very close. 31-21 Chiefs. Ooh. And he didn't win. Wow. Somebody actually had the exact score correct. And fortunately for me, this person sent me his prediction via a voice memo, so I can actually play it for you. Let's hear it. This is from the winner, Justin Diaz, who was on the podcast back in week number one doing picks. I'm going with the Chiefs to win 31-20. I just think Mahomes is too good right now. And this offense will get on a roll and overwhelm the Niners. Don't think the Niners will be able to keep up once they can't rely on the run and have to depend on Jimmy G. Also, I still hate Dave Gettleman. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Down to the exact score. The storyline worked out and the shy Dave Gettleman. Of course. Got to give Gettleman a uh, shout out. Come on. Yeah. So congratulations, Justin. I will Venmo you $20. So you were you were the winner of this year's picks challenge. Did he text you already looking for the money? He has not texted me yet. Maybe he forgot about it. Yeah, well, he's going to find out. All right. <laughs> he he's did. a loyal listener. He'll find out. Yeah. Another thing before we get into the game, how was your Super Bowl party experience this year? Okay. This may shock you. Yeah. I didn't have a party. I didn't go to a party. You watched it solo. So, I went to this great burger place in town um, around like five-ish. Which place? Uh, Piper's Kilt. Yeah, that's a good one. Real good burger place in Eastchester. And uh, I went with my girlfriend and her roommate. I said, let's go around 5, um, right before the game. Uh, we'll we'll eat, and then we'll go right next door. There's a bar next door. We could watch it. We end up getting to Piper's, and it was surprisingly dead when we, got, when we walked in. And that's usually not the case. We got three seats at the bar. We ended up eating there and watching the first half at Piper's, and then we ended up going back to my house and watching the second half at home. Yeah. But usually, I mean, for the first time in a long time, I didn't do anything. I didn't go to a party, which was kind of shocking, and I missed that. Yeah. It, it felt weird in the second half where I'm watching Patrick Mahomes take over by myself with no excitement, and I'm just texting my buddies in group chats. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the same party I've been at for the last about 11 years. I, I mentioned out to my buddy Anthony Cowboy. It was a great party, big spread, lots of people, lots of fun. All right, what well, I got to know a little bit more. What, what was the spread like? What'd you have? We had six foot hero. We had salads, pizza, like a bunch of different wings. Everybody was bringing stuff about like 50, about five different desserts. So a very wide spread. All the chips and dips. Was there one thing that wasn't at the party that you thought, oh, this this is a party? This is a party poo poo. This is one thing I feel like I could add to this next year. I could bring this because the thing I brought up not getting served is so many desserts, but the cocktail franks were not there. Cocktail franks. Yes. I, that, now, might, that might be my thing next year. Are you the freezer cocktail franks, or do you crescent roll the cocktail franks? If I have time, I'll crescent roll, but I like to do the, but the cocktail franks out of the freezer are also a solid fallback. Oh, of course. Yeah. Nice and simple. Pop them in, pop them out, right yep. in the mouth, nice and easy. The reason I bring the party up, because I do have one thing I want to get off my chest here. Uh-oh. I do want to discuss some poor party behavior at my party. Uh oh. I will not name names. No name dropping. No name dropping. But the people at the party know who this is. So everybody who's listening to the party will know exactly who I'm describing here. So there's this one guy, came with his girlfriend. And this is a party where the house rule basically is like once you get in, no shoes. Because like, you can, like, don't, we don't want the shoes on the carpet. So. Oh, that's totally normal rule. Uh, yes, no normal rule. So we'll all have the shoes off, leave them on the, at the stairwell as we're going in. 
But they go out the front. The girlfriend of the guy takes the socks off, and he is giving her a full-on like foot rub in the middle of the game in front of everybody. Oh, no, no. No, exactly. No, so the girlfriend is getting a foot massage in the middle of the second quarter? Like in the like basically throughout the game. Oh no, no. And no. this is and like and like literally like the way we describe it is like the TV's over here, like in the front of the room. They're off to like front like left of the TV, like on chairs in the dining room area. And the rest of us all have to see this. I'm like, this is not okay. That's a party foul. That's a, a that's a party foul to the point where if I am uh the host of the party, I stand up, put the game on pause. And say this has to change immediately, or you're leaving, or you're leaving. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I was. Supp- you have the authority to do that, 100. percent I just don't understand how you could. Like, it, I know the house rule is the shoes are off, but the host of the party kept the socks on. Why makes you different? Yeah, that's that threw me off. Yeah, I, and when you started telling the story, I thought like maybe the girlfriend and the boyfriend were fighting the entire time, and it was just an uncomfortable situation. You threw me off completely by saying that she took off the socks and it was basically yeah, Joe, a foot had, massage. Yeah, Joe was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I expected, I expected uh, you know, normal boyfriend-girlfriend fighting or maybe uh, she didn't want to take off the expensive shoes. Yeah. But that, that really threw me off. Yeah, that calls for the good old... What the hell's going on out here? Literally, literally what the hell is going on. One more time. I had to get that off my chest. That was bothering me. No, I don't blame you. I was literally, I usually am front center of the TV. So I can see I was like kind of in the back of the room. I was in the kitchen. I was just like, I can't be near this. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk about the Super Bowl post podcast uh, without bringing that up. Yeah. So we'll get out of the way. Now we'll get to the game. That's my personal story aside. But the party was great other than that. Good. Yeah. You eat enough? Yeah, I eat enough. All right, good. Yeah. So now we'll get into the game. So talk about the fact how brilliant Patrick Mahomes was down the stretch. Because remember, the first three quarters of this game, the Niners look like they had him fooled. He wasn't doing much. And then comes alive in the four like he does late in these games. Tell them yet the magic of Mahomes. Even though I had the 49ers winning this game, and despite how you could say poorly Patrick Mahomes played early on in the game, at no point did I have any doubt that if the Chiefs were going to have a chance, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the reason why they brought him back. And I think what was most impressive with Mahomes and leading the comeback is we're talking about a 24, uh, 24-year-old quarterback that has the poise and demeanor of a veteran who's been in the game for 10 years. And it's unbelievable. I mean, we've seen it all postseason long. The Chiefs have fought back in every single game. There wasn't There wasn't a single game where they had... They had the lead first, right? Oh, they had the lead first. Yes, they found themselves down double digits every game. Every game found themselves down double digits. But the fact that he didn't show any sort of nervousness, that he didn't show any sort of defeat, I mean, you can't teach that. And that's what's so special about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I love watching him play. He's my favorite non-Jet player in the league. I love all the creativity, all all the throws. As as I said yesterday, Met fans for Mahomes because he he's a Met fan. His dad played on the Mets back in the day, and I'll say the Madden curse officially dead now. I mean, you think about Patrick Mahomes, the one that huge completion that he had to Tyreek Hill later in that game. He's about to get absolutely mauled. Sits in the pocket, does not even try to escape to create more space for himself, and still launches it with ease. 40 yards down the field. Yeah. 
It's amazing. Yeah. It, it's like the modern-day Brett Favre. The modern-day Brett Favre, but better because yeah. he doesn't turn over the ball as much. Yeah, Brett, Brett Favre with better, with better ball instincts. Without a doubt. Yeah. The Madden curse, dead. Is that he broke that for good now. Nobody can ever say that again because he's on the cover and name won the Super Bowl. He did get injured, though. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't hold that against him. He still won the Super Bowl, had three doubles. Yeah, but was the Madden curse really about winning and losing the Super Bowl, or was it about the cover guy getting injured? We've seen it both ways. We've seen it where guys have poor success. I wouldn't say, like, I don't think two games, a two-game absence is enough. To, it's not like he sank the whole season. No, you're right about that. Yeah. But Like, if he had torn the ACL and was gone for the rest of the year, I'd say, okay, Madden curse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, the big victor here, I think also Andy Reid. Now he finally gets that monkey off his back. He can no longer say, oh, he's Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, he's like all these great coaches who never won anything. Now he has his title. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will argue some that even pre-title before uh, yesterday's outcome, Sunday's outcome, that Andy Reid was a Hall of Famer. I had, I thought, I think Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer regardless. Uh, With that title, though, when he calls it quits, I mean— you could cement him into the uh, Hall of Fame, start making the bus now. He's definitely going to Canton. I mean, he was go- again, depending on who you talk to, they were, you know, borderline. Is he in? Is he out? This really uh, cements it for him. And I think everyone was really rooting for Andy Reid. And you saw that joy after the game. Yeah, you saw the pressure come off his off his shoulders. It's so great to see because he's a guy who, like, he deserved one, it. One of the good guys in the league. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, talk about how this is a big win for the Chiefs. Also, a huge loss to the 49ers. And for me, the thing that bothered me the most for them in this game, I feel like they were way too conservative at points in this game. You look at the end of the first half when you have the great shot of John Lynch in the in the uh, in the suite, call saying, "Why are we calling timeout? They're letting the clock run." In the second half, I actually called this during the game when they were tied 10-10. They had a fourth and two about like the 27-yard line. They sell over three. I said at the time, like. I don't like this. I feel like you cannot beat this team kicking field goals. I think- See, I, I agree with that. You can't beat this team uh, kicking field goals. But at a tie game, I think you take the points. Yeah. Um, because you just never know. You can't pass up on points. Yeah. Obviously, seven's better than three. But I do agree with you when it comes to the uh, halftime. Yeah. I thought they completely mismanaged the clock. Uh, they had no, It looked like they had no idea what was going on. And granted, they, they had a huge play. To George Kittle, that was ended up being um, overturned. Overturned, which was a terrible call. Yes, it I, th- was. I thought that was a terrible call. Yeah, you see him extend, but he didn't extend nor push off nearly enough to create that much space. Yeah, uh, let's be honest there. I thought that was a terrible call, but yeah, I, I was confused with how conservative they were um, at the end of the first half. I was confused with the fact that yeah, they have a running back in and Raheem Mostert who. He had only 12 carries, right, but averaged nearly five yards a carry. I thought they should have given him the ball a lot more. Yeah. And I think they had an opportunity late when they were up, what, 20 to 10? Yeah. To really feed him. Yeah, they didn't. You know, there was a second and five opportunity on the first his first carry where he mostly got t- five yards. Second and five, they throw it, nothing. Uh, the third down, sack, punt, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, poor, poor shot from Kyle Shanahan, who I think did a bad job in this game. I mean, he got stuff that was working, got away from it. I feel like they were dominating that game for three quarters. They should have finished it off. They didn't. This is now two in a row. I know he's not technically the coach in Atlanta, but two times in a row now his team's had big leads in the Super Bowls and they've blown it. I've, I read a, a stat on Twitter, and you may have seen this, but if you haven't, Kyle Shanahan has had seven career drives 
as a play caller in the Super Bowl. Okay? Yeah. Three. Th- this is the outcome on all seven. Yeah. Three plays, fumble. Six plays, punt. Four plays, punt. Five plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Seven plays, turnover on downs. Two plays, interception. He can't finish. Cannot finish. No. And that's a major issue. That's a major issue, and that's something that could potentially hurt the 49ers down the road. Yeah, we'll get to the down-the-road stuff in just a minute. But before we go on, also, how much play do you think that Jimmy G is going to take for this loss? Because I feel like he had the opportunity late. They had Emmanuel Sanders open down the field for a potential touchdown. He overthrows him when they were down only four. Like, that that could have changed the game right there. I feel like Jimmy G's going to take some heat for not making the right plays. No, no, Jimmy G deserves just as much hit, uh, just as much heat as Kyle Shanahan and the rest and everybody else. I yep. mean, that's 1A and 1B. When you're paying your quarterback, what, $130, $140 million, whatever that is, you expect that quarterback to make plays when it matters most. And the biggest difference in this game was the fact that Patrick Mahomes made the plays when he needed to. Yes, he turned over the ball, but when they when you needed him in the clutch moments, he came through. Jimmy G did not come through for the 49ers. And it's a shame because early on he looked really good. And I said to myself, wow, you know, he he's surprising me. But just like everyone's been saying all season long, and even going into this matchup, if you want to beat the 49ers, make Jimmy G beat you. And yep. he and he couldn't do that. And you named the perfect play right there. Yep. With the Emmanuel Sanders play with about just over a minute left or so that would have taken the lead. Granted, you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes and company, but you just never know at that point. Yep. You got to make that pass. Yeah, he, was he, open. he was wide open. Yep. He was wide open. I mean... If if you flip the switch, right, and Patrick Mahomes is throwing that ball, Emmanuel Touch. Sanders walks into the end zone touchdown. Yeah, that's a positive too about the whole Jimmy G wins all the time. Like it's not just one the quarterback's not the only reason the team wins. The team is good. Like I mean if you put like you, I'm sure if you put Ryan Tannehill on the Titans, they on the 49ers, they would win. Just not as playing maybe not as much as Jimmy G, but they would still win games. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I think this um this is a game that Jimmy G and both Kyle Shanahan wish they could have back. Yeah, they do. I think we think we got we covered the game pretty well at this point. So let's take let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We will talk a little NFL offseason right after this. Nick Boyle run the seam route down the middle of the field. It's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play! 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. All right, we are back with Joe Zalvizio on the podcast. You just heard Kevin Harlan's call, one of the highlights of the year for the 2019 FL MVP, Lamar Jackson. Do you have any uh, issues any of the awards this year? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Also, I think it's strange doing it the same weekend as the Super Bowl. I think it's strange they announced that all the awards are announced before the show comes out. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I think, truthfully, the the week between the uh, NFC AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, yeah. perfect opportunity to like make that a spectacle too. Yeah, you know, just throw it in there. Right? Throw throwing it all together on this specific weekend to me like doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't like the fact that they are leaked. They, that by the time the show airs, every single award is known. So, what's the point of you watching the show? There is no point. Yeah, there's no point. It, it's it's really annoying. It's almost 
It's almost NFL NFL draft esque, where you know you're, it, it, you're you know the pick before it comes in, yeah, but you still watch it. Yeah. But I think there's more intrigue there than these NFL awards. Yeah, and the one award I dispute is I I make the argument I think that Christian McCaffrey should be an offensive player of the year because I mean going a thousand a thousand on a bad Panther team I think is more impressive than what Thomas did for the Saints. No, yeah, I mean they, that's a that's more than a fair argument. Yeah, that's more than a fair argument. Yeah, let's get to some odds for me for the Super Bowl because next year the early odds are coming out. The Chiefs are six to one favorites to repeat as of this moment. What do you think of their chance to actually go back to back? I mean, listen, the fact that they have Patrick Mahomes and he isn't going anywhere, it's a, they got a legit chance. Yeah, I think the biggest thing in the NFL, you have a franchise quarterback that that's that good, right? Yep, you have a chance. His weapons are going to be there still. They are going to be there still. I like their chance as well. What do you think about the 49ers? Because we saw what happened with the Rams a year ago. Young team getting a Super Bowl. Hangover the next year, they missed the playoffs. Do you think that they can avoid the, the Super Bowl losing hangover? See, I think they could avoid the Super Bowl losing hangover and still make the playoffs. Yeah. Can they make the Super Bowl again? I don't know. I really th- now, the fact, now that we've seen Kyle Shanahan do this twice, and again, even though he wasn't the head coach the first time around, I think something like this lingers with you, yeah, and it becomes a mental game at this point. And even Jimmy Garoppolo, like he's got to be sitting sitting down, thinking like, "Man, I had a chance to win this game, and I didn't do this." I think the loser thing is actually a real thing, especially because like all the work it takes to get from training camp through the mini like mini camp training camp, the preseason to get to that spot, and then you get back back there in July. Like we got to do all that again. I think I sort of a mental wear because like you're like. We have almost nowhere to go but down from here. Now, the one thing that uh, plays in their favor is how young they are. Yeah. Right? So you could play that, all the inexperienced card, um, defensive side, offensive side. And with that being said, use that as momentum to get back there again. But I don't know. I think it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it's going to be It's gonna be tough. I yeah. still think, though, if you want to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC, you're going to have to go to San Francisco. I mean, they're, they're de- no doubt their defense is special. You can't tell me that their defense didn't play a great game. No, they did. I mean, Patrick Mahomes turned the ball over, what, three times? Yeah. Was it three? I or think it, was, two? it was two. two or three, yeah, two picks. I two don't know picks, if he fumbled. But he had a fumble think, that he recovered. Yeah. I mean, they did their job. They yeah. needed a little bit more support on the offensive side. Yeah. Obviously, the numbers are out right now, so we've got, you've got a chance to look at some of these numbers. Any of the odds for next year's? picks jump out at you in terms of like is it too high is this too low good value what do you think um a couple things I was a little shocked that the Packers were 18 to 1 I knew you were going there um I I think there, there's no doubt that they should be in that top four yeah uh category I, I was shocked I'm, I'm shocked to see the Steelers ahead of them at 15 to 1 yeah now granted Ben Roethlisberger comes back but I mean I think you're taking Aaron Rodgers over Ben Roethlisberger even though they're both you know on the latter end of their careers. Yeah. Um, and I'm fully expecting Green Bay to have a push like they did last year in free agency, have another good draft, and that should propel them. The other team, and I'm trying to look for it right now, that I think has a ton of potential is the Oakland Raiders at 30-1. to 1. You mean the Las Vegas Raiders now. <laughs> exactly, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. I I... I I really think that this is a team, and they didn't have, you know, the four and twelve, two and fourteen record extreme turnaround. They were only seven and nine. Yeah. But something about going to Vegas, right? Yeah. Your first season in a brand new stadium, with possibly a brand new quarterback. 
We'll get to him. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. That screams a lot of success, a lot of attention, and a lot, and that would be good for the NFL and this organization. Yeah, I have some notes as well on stuff I liked from the uh, things. The number I love, the Saints at 11 to 1, if Drew Brees come back, I think it's fantastic value on the Saints. I think they were the best team in the league for a long stretch of this season. I love that. I w- the Jets 60 to 1 is interesting in terms of like, I'm surprised they're that hot, they're that low. I thought they'd be higher considering they had issues, but I guess the second half managed to help them. Teams I love value wise, Tennessee 30 to 1, and I think it's a good chance a certain quarterback could go there too. And really, I would jump on that before that happens. And the other team, half finish, the talent's there. Atlanta 40 to 1, I like that one because yep. 6 and 2 down the stretch, talent's all there. This team went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Coach is still there. I think they have a chance. Yeah, Atlanta was the second team that I had written down just yeah. because, um, yeah, that first half of the season between injuries and just things just weren't right. And then you saw the, how different of a year they had that yeah. in the second half. It's like some, something went wrong here that this is this is an easy fix for this team. And don't forget, this team went on the road and won at New Orleans and at San Francisco in the second half of the season. Huge, huge wins. Yeah. Two places that not many people have won. Yeah. Two huge wins and two numbers also I want for out there that I thought were really strange. Why are the Browns twenty five to one favorites? What'd they do? Uh yeah, that that I'm not sure. That one I have no idea why. I think they just love the talent and the fact that that ownership's a disaster and they have a rookie coach and I don't get it. I, I just I yeah, I have a feeling whatever that under that over under is Bet the I'm, under. A hundred percent I'm with I'm all over that under. The other one I don't understand, the Chargers are thirty to one. Who's playing quarterback on that team? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Bet yeah. the under for that as well. Yeah, I like we hammered those two unders last this year, and we were correct on both of them. Without a doubt. Yeah, and before we get to our rapid-fire game where I can play the pick music one last time before August. Or one September, last time. Yeah. In terms of the locals, like who do you think is more poised for success next year, the Jets or the Giants? This is a tough question, Mike. Well, success could be very relative. <laughs> what, what is success? How are you? Let's, let's say how con- are you measuring success? Let's are say we con- saying six wins? Are we saying let's playoffs? Say, let's say contend for the playoffs. Contend for the playoffs. I think the Jets. Yeah, it's a couple of reasons though too. I think the NFC right now is a better conference overall. Yeah, I think the Jets could possibly sneak in. Uh, it's another big off season for the Jets. Yeah, uh, I think if they could surround Sam Darnold with the right people around him. It could lead to a lot better success. Yeah, they need they need a they need someone that he could throw the ball to, and I don't know if that means re-signing Robbie Anderson or bringing in somebody in addition to Robbie Anderson, but he needs weapons, and he doesn't have any right now. If it's me, priority one offensive line has to be overhauled. That's number one. It had to get he's like three or four new bodies in there too, and hopefully they're all ready at minicamp to actually work together. That, That'd be I, ideal. I mean, look at the both the teams that were just in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Bo- if you don't have a good line, whether it's defensive or offensive line, it's hard to win in the in the fo- in the National Football League. Yeah, obviously Patrick Mahomes has so much talent and could make anything happen. But that offensive line did a pretty good job against a really good defensive front. Yeah, as, a, as in terms of weapons for Darnold, I think the other thing that's encouraging to me, if you're a Jet fan. Dallas may have to use that franchise tag on Dak Prescott. That means one Amari Cooper will hit the unrestricted free agent market. That would be one I would love to see them go for. And Dallas may be losing more than just that one player. Yeah, yes, because there's a couple guys. There's that a couple guys that need to get paid. So they're going to have to do some serious finagling. Which I think the Dak contract is huge for them. If they can get that done, then they can tag one of the other guys and try to figure out the third guy. But like Big time. If they can't get it, they're in trouble. Without a doubt. I say, they could be a team that... 
looked promising that takes a step back with a new head coach. Yeah. With that in mind, let's get to some rapid fire stuff. We will put the pick music on for one last time because I love this music. It's one of my favorite. I think my favorite thing on the soundboard besides the baseball beat bumper. Who doesn't? Come yeah. on. Yeah. So we played it during the Pro Bowl week, so we could pick the Pro Bowl. I had to get the, the music in there. Ah, please. Yeah. All right. So here we go. We'll pop it up one last time, and we'll have a little rapid fire stuff here. The, the Niners. Last year they went four and twelve. This year they went to the Super Bowl. What team of the losing record do you think is most likely to have the dramatic turnaround this year? The Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not going to call them the Oakland Raiders. It's probably going to take me some time, just like it took me some time to call the San Diego Chargers the L.A. Chargers. But yeah. I'm going Vegas Raiders. And if I had to pick that second team, it would be the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, for me, it's Atlanta a thousand percent because I feel like that division always turns over. It's never the same division winner really back to back ever. I think Atlanta's gonna have a huge year next year. Yeah, I mean things are are, are wide open for the Raiders now yeah. too with uh with that division. Yeah, let's go the other way. What team do you think fades the most year to year? The Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Bill O'Brien now became the coach and the general manager of this team. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, but their epic loss in the playoffs kind of like sums up what Houston is. I could see them winning only six games next year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I have no idea what Bill Bill O has on the uh, ownership there to keep getting promoted. <laughs> Some serious dirt. It's in, Some serious dirt. It's incredibly bad. And one I'll throw out there in terms of my team is going to fade. I don't think the Vikings could be as good as they were a year ago. I feel like that they are going to step back. I think Cousins is going to take a step back. I think that they're going to... Because they're going to have stuff that Stefan Diggs wants out. You have issues with the receiver. You have some free agents you got to deal I think the Vikings could go backwards. Yeah, I, I could see that. I don't know how back they could go, though, because they do have a lot of pieces. And when Dalvin Cook is healthy, he's a difference maker there. He is. So uh, the fun question, the quarterback we talked about before, where is Tom Brady playing football in 2020? I really don't want to see him play for the Patriots. Yeah. I'd love to see him go elsewhere like the Las Vegas Raiders. But I think he's playing for the Patriots. I mean, you just saw the report that they may be willing to pay $30 million a year for Brady to stay in New England. I mean, how do you turn down $30 million? I will say, as much as the Jeff fans want out of division, let it make $30 million. They won't be able to fix the rest of the team around him. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I yeah. think if you're a Jets fan, you want that. Um, I don't see Tom Brady leaving the Patriots if that offer is on the table, if those reports are true. The, the one, yeah, there's a couple of teams I think are in the mix for him. I don't think the Chargers is a possibility. The Colts, they talk, I don't think they'll go that route. The team I think I, think I could see him leaning for, the Tennessee Titans, because he's buddies at Mike Vrabel. That's a well-built team that could use a quarterback upgrade for a little bit. He could, as a running game with Derrick Henry, they have some young wide receivers. Young wide receivers, a defense. That's a spot I could see him going and just thriving in. See, now if that Tennessee team played in a dome, sign me up Tom Brady would be going there like if if the Tennessee Titans played where the the Indianapolis Colts play yeah. inside with that current roster oh you could sign the check now he's going there yeah Nashville's also not bad either no not terrible but I mean it's still it's it's better than New England but you still are, are playing in some nasty weather yeah next one does Drew Brees come back or does he retire he plays I agree 100% I, I think he plays yeah I don't think he has any intentions of hanging it up just yet yeah, he's going back to the Saints because I think he he feels like he's been come up short the last two years. I think he's going to try and get that second ring and go. That's my gut on him. Uh, I, I, that would not surprise me one bit, Mike. Yeah. Which team with a new head coach have the most success in 2020? Uh, I think it's Matt Rule. Yeah. I think it's Matt Rule because he has the, the most potential of turning it around in a big way. Right? I yeah. think Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys 
I think that's that's was a safe hire. But Dallas was an eight-win team. Yeah. If they don't play their cards right in the offseason, they could easily drop down to a six, seven-win team or yeah. right be right in that same range. I think Matt Rule has a lot of good pieces in uh, Carolina to really fix what's going on there. Matt Rule, I'm going to put to the side because the quarterback question is an open question. I think I keep Cam Newton. I'm going to say Mark McCarthy because if they're able to keep that team together, I think they're easily winning 10, 10 games at him as opposed to the 7 or 8 they usually win with Garrett. Is that the, the two-game difference that big of a difference? They're going to, they're going to the playoffs if they go if they do that. Depends on what, what everybody else does around them. Yeah. Next up, who is the biggest name free agent you think switches teams? Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. I think Jadavian Clowney, um, I don't think Seattle's going to want to pay him what he wants. Yeah. Some team will, but I think he's looking for big-time money, like top top defensive end type of money. Yeah. I don't see that happening. And also, I, again, because we were just talking about it earlier, how many people that the Cowboys need to re-sign, somebody on that Cowboys team that's an important piece will not be back next season. There's no way. Yeah, There's I'm, no way. Yeah, I, I'll put both of those out there. Amari Cooper and Byron Jones, the two big guys Bingo. in Dallas. The other one, I think, big name is not as like nationally known. Yannick Ngakwe on the Jags, Jags because they have so many cap issues, and he's going to get a big payday on the market. Without a doubt. And they can't really tag him unless they do major cap restructuring. But Yannick Ngakwe, I can see him be a fit for both these local teams. That that would be tremendous yeah. for either of these teams. And the last question. Hopefully he goes to Green Bay. Yeah, that would, that would be nice. And the last question, obviously, we don't need to guess the first pick this year because because uh, Joe Burrow's clearly going to the Bengals. Who drafts Tua Tagovailoa? The Miami Dolphins. At five, you did the trade up. You might have busted me there. They <laughs> may have to trade up. I think they have to trade up. They may have to trade up. And if I'm if I'm number two, the Washington Redskins, right? Yeah. I'm telling Miami, I'm taking Tua. Yeah. I am. I am bluffing as hard as I possibly can yeah. to make Miami trade as much as they can to get up there. And, I mean, they have, what, three picks in the first round? So, like, they have a lot of arsenal in this year's draft where maybe they don't have to go dive too deep into the future. I mean, we constantly see teams give up first-round picks for the next three years, yeah. two years, whatever it may be. But I think he finds a way to end up in Miami. And I'm going to be honest, don't know if I like that. Yeah. Don't even know if I like Tua as a first-round prospect. Yeah. I think his medical reports um, come combine. That's going to say a lot about where Tua ends up. Yeah, two, I think for sure. The Redskins, I feel like, might get too tempted with Chase Young to do that. I think Detroit at three holds all the cards because Detroit can say, we can take him. We could use a long-term answer from Matt Stafford. That is true. But, I mean, even Washington, like, you didn't see enough of Dwayne Haskins, but, like, are you really that convinced with what you with that with the sample size that you saw? I mean, I'd be concerned you don't have a franchise quarterback either. Yeah, I mean, if you're Detroit, you're the Giants. You have these opportunities here where teams are looking like the Chargers by looking for a quarterback, the Pans are looking for a quarterback. Teams will be looking to go up there and get like Tua or Justin Herbert. Who knows? The Tennessee Titans could be looking for a quarterback. Yeah, for sure. You know, the Raiders could be in the market of a quarterback if they're not sold on uh, on Carr, which I think they are. But there's a lot of moving pieces that could be happening. here. Yeah, that's true. And that wraps up our rapid-fire questions here for the NFL offseason. And so sad. Bye-bye pick music. You're gone for about nine, seven months. You're done with the picks. You're, so you're telling me, Mike. I can't use this music for Magic from Heart Madness. You're, not, you're telling me that you're not going to have me on in a couple weeks to break down the XFL with a little pick music, the, uh, the Guardians against the Vipers? 
Uh, not going to do XFL picks. The market's not there. No XFL on the podcast? There might be XFL on the podcast. It's not going to be XFL picks. The market's not there. Okay. I, okay. Ha- I, have, I have some good audience research going on. There's not been demand for XFL coverage. Is that right? Yeah. I have, I have done some crowdsourcing. and they said we are not super interested in the XFL right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to week I, one. I know, I know you're going there. You're going this weekend. I'm going this weekend. I'm, I'll be there Sunday. I'm I'm curious. You got to be a little curious, though, Mike. Come on. I was curious about the AAF. Look what happened to them. All right. So then maybe let's not be curious about the <laughs> XFL. Maybe you're the reason why the AAF died. Yeah, we gave the AAF love on the podcast last year, and then look what happened to All them. All right. So, you know, no XFL here. I don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, no XFL here. Joe, thanks for hopping on. And for, before I let you go, you want to tell us about the Sharp Chatter podcast and how to keep up with you on social media. Okay, so social media, give me a follow on Twitter at Joe Double Underscore. Do not forget the double. Do not forget it. D A L O I S I O. And yes, I do have a podcast. It's called the Sharp Cheddar Podcast, which, um, as you can imagine, you know, I, we talk a lot, a lot of Green Bay Packers on the podcast. Now that it's uh, officially the off season, yes, we did a Super Bowl preview. Probably get you a Super Bowl uh, post podcast sooner rather than later but we'll be with you throughout the offseason uh probably doing some sort of rankings free agent lists uh mock drafts different guests um so we'll be here throughout the the summer throughout the spring uh not as often but we will still be delivering content on like a maybe bi-weekly uh uh basis and any breaking news that affects the Packers, you could you, you better believe that there'll be some sort of podcast. There'll be instant reactions coming. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. And I also want to ask you, what was your opinion on the halftime show? No, I loved it. Yeah. And I the, loved it. Yeah. The what half, about you? I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. And now we're going to shift towards that halftime show. We're going to, as I say, we're going to roll back the Super Bowl format from the podcast last year. Sandra Rose, our pop culture correspondent, will be joining us in the studio to break down the halftime show and the commercials right after this. Wireless for 20 bucks a month. <laughs> that's not right. It's right, all right. Now, chunky style milk, that's not right. I choose chunky style milk because it has the wholesome chunks growing kids need, unlike smooth style milk. Hey, guys, save some chunks for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not right. Kind of like your wireless bill. Mint Mobile is easy, online, and just 20 bucks a month. Right now, buy one month and get two months free at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back on the Just End the Suffering podcast. You heard one of the commercials from last year's Super Bowl from our friends at Mint Mobile. Joining us on the show today, somebody who is still not a fan of that commercial from last year and is our pop culture correspondent, the great Sandra Rosa is here. Sam, welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me back. I am thoroughly disgusted. I forgot about that (laughs) until you just played it. I knew exactly what you're playing. Yeah, your face when that egg started going is just perfect. Ugh, chunky milk, man. I also want to say... Welcome to a rarefied air on this podcast. This is your 10th time on the show. Oh, yeah, 10. That's 10. exciting. That's yeah. exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're up there with the greats like Martina Puccio, our good friend. Good the, job. The great Joe D, who actually held up our recording session about five minutes doing sharp cheddar. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I will always def- support other podcasters, so Joe D could, could do what he wants. Nice little uh, plug there yeah, for him. Yeah, I got to plug the sharp cheddar. He was on here, actually, about the last segment before you were on. Oh, really? Yeah, we recapped the game. We talked some NFL offseason. We talked about one of your players possibly leaving the team, so... Good old Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. yeah. You might leave the Jags, but that's not, we're not talking football right yeah, now. Yeah, let's not get me too upset before this. <laughs> yeah, the baseball beat themselves. Will Schneiderhand, Anthony Sorbellini, and the great Pete Consadori, our hockey guy. 
Oh, those are great names to follow. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the club. Oh, thank you. How's we should feel? get jackets like they do in SNL. Yeah. They get like the five-time jackets or something. Yeah, like like we, I think yesterday during the game when you saw Peyton Manning and Tom Brady with those red NFL 100 jackets. Yeah, the really ugly ones that yeah. are like weird burnt like maroon. Yeah, yeah, we should get those. We go to a school with maroon and gold. They probably have them somewhere in storage. Although for us, like, the color scheme might be like a green jacket, this podcast. That's true. That's true. It might be a green and maybe like a, a picture of a fan with a bag on his head. That's the official <laughs> plate. That should be the pin. You need like a nice pin on your lapel. Yeah, the logo. Yeah. Put the, put the logo on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we are here. We t- we did the game analysis. We're now going to talk about the halftime show, the commercials, and all the pop culture things about this game. So we had fun with this last year. The, pay- the audience loved it last year, so we're back again. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Hopefully I don't disappoint. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to disappoint. Trust me. Eh, who knows? <laughs> don't okay. get your hopes too high. They're not going to we'll, – okay, we'll lower the bar to medium height. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate we'll, it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go medium height. Maybe we'll see if it's all rise like a good old high at your mother mix. <laughs> all right. So let's start out here. We'll go into the game a little bit. Like what were your feelings on the game? Like how would you like it? I like didn't mind it. Um, granted, I had to miss part of the second quarter driving, but I definitely like rewatched a bunch of highlights today for just the second quarter only. But uh, I thought it was a great game for the quarterbacks. Like, it's a great learning experience for them. I mean, honestly, anything's a good learning experience for the Super Bowl. But, you know, they both made some serious mistakes. But then they also did super great things as well. I know that's not, like, super specific. But, of course, I don't have my notes with me because I forgot my notebook at work. But there we are. <laughs> I'm trying to go from memory. Yeah, and fun fact, your your uncle, Uncle John, we talked about the first time you were on here. Good old Uncle John. The 49ers fan and his son, you said his Nick. cousin, your cousin, yeah. the Chiefs fan, were at the game yesterday. I was like, They them. were at the game. We bullied my uncle into getting tickets. We're like, we're like, you're out of the family, out of everyone's will. Like, if you're not going to take, like, yourself and you're not going to take your only son, your only child, nonetheless, to the game. You're Excommunicated. Like, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and how'd they like it? They had a lot of fun. My cousin posted a really nice um, post to his dad saying, like, thank you so much. He was so grateful. Like, he had a fun time. Um, <laughs> there's a picture when the Chiefs were down. My uncle posted. He's smiling when the 49ers were up in the third. And yeah. my cousin just sitting there, arms crossed, like, like puss on his face. Like, ugh. Yeah. It was so funny. I'm like, classic. But then, you know, I was low-key rooting for the Chiefs. Sorry, Uncle Johnny. But um, yeah. it's funny that the guy who paid for the tickets, team lost. So yeah. I yeah. kind of feel bad. <laughs> yeah, Uncle John, whatever you're, if you're listening to this, sorry. Yeah, not sorry. You're good. Sorry, not You had fun. He's a, he can't, you know, don't let his grumpiness fool you. I yeah. know nobody out here knows my uncle, but he's a little grumpy, but he's a soft guy inside. He is. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. He's going to, like, bust through the door and be like, yeah. shut up. yeah. We'll let you know if that happens. If that if something abruptly I'll happens, keep we'll, you posted. We'll, if I get like excommunicated by him for talking so meanly yeah, to we'll, him about him on the podcast, we will keep you posted. And did they buy any fifteen dollar popcorn? The prices that state looked outrageous. You know what? I haven't had a chance to even talk to them. Like honestly, <laughs> I have no idea. Knowing like my cousin, he definitely had a few beers. Yeah. But other than that, I could not vouch for anything else. <laughs> yes, I saw some online. They had a tweet. Somebody put with all the signs of the prices of the food in there. It's like you, you could buy like sandwiches for like $28. The oh, pop- so like if you go to a Yankees game? Basically. <laughs> and you would know about this. Yeah. <laughs> the worst to me was popcorn for $15. I'm Popcorn's like, not even that good. It's not. For 15 bucks at a stadium? No. Yeah, I contemplate, you know, if it's like $2, I'm like, eh, do I really need it? Is popcorn really that great? No, it's not that great. I'm on the no popcorn train. Like, I'll eat it once in a blue moon. Other than that, mm. yeah, you know, I actually don't do popcorn at the movies anymore. 
Oh, ugh. No. Yeah. You know why? It's because sometimes they burn it and it's a big, you know, it's such a letdown when you're, you're like eating it because you can't see it. It's dark out. Yeah. And then right in the middle, you get that burnt few pieces and you're like, ugh. Yeah. That, Ruins your whole movie. It's either that or it's too much butter. That's the other problem. That's true, yeah. It's, all, it's all, ugh, ugh, the sogginess. Yeah. It's I have, like chunky milk. Yeah. Good good job tying it back in. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah things you pick up in 10 appearances on the podcast. <laughs> the subtle tie-ins. So we'll start off with a little bit of a uh, note here. On the beginning of the game, when the teens lined up, I, you notice, did you notice they were lined up off the 24-yard line for Kobe Bryant? Yeah, no, I thought that was really great. You know, this is, you know, unfortunate as that accident was. And I feel like we've lost, you know, we lost such a great icon in sports, but I feel like we also lost future icons as well. I think it's nice that all, like, every single sport, if there's a game, they've been, you know, paying tribute uh, to him, and I thought that was a nice, like, subtle thing. It wasn't too long, you know, but I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, that was very classy by the NFL. Yeah, definitely. And who you never know what the NFL is going to do. Yeah, I have my bones picked with the NFL on their ads. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Let's go to I think the hot button thing out of the Super Bowl right now, which is the halftime show with J Lo and Shakira. And I just say, I I was at a big party yesterday, about thirty people in a house. The halftime show was a massive hit with our party. I feel like everybody loved it. And there was a small vocal minority on Twitter saying, this thing stinks. It's the worst I've ever seen. Where Who you- literally said that? Like, literally, you have must have something wrong if you did not enjoy it. That was so good. It was fantastic. I mean, I'm assuming you love this thing. I mean, I, you know, I really do love both parties involved. Yeah. I just, I have massive girl crushes on both of them. But, um... It was so fun. Like, it was, like, a lot of fun, to, you know, like, because you knew all the songs, and it was, like, very simple. They didn't do, like, anything crazy. Yeah. It was so, so Miami, too. It was such oh, a perfect fit. Oh, that's true. Fit. That's true. It was such a perfect fit for the location and yeah. everything. And it was nice that, like, you know, they got to be who they, like, wanted to be. Like, there wasn't any, like, holding back like they have, I feel like, in the past that they have done with halftime shows. Maybe we have gotten over the Justin Timberlake, Jan- Janet Jackson thing. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. There's 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 some arguments out there about that, especially when Shakira was doing some things. I know. Well, yeah. It's 2020. Let's just get over it. <laughs> yeah, so who do you think was shown the brightest in this spot, J-Lo or Shakira? Well, I feel like this is where I'm a little more biased because I've always loved J-Lo ever since I was little. Yeah. So I feel like, mm, J-Lo, I'm so sorry, Shakira. Shakira, I think you did super awesome. It was really cool that she played the guitar and stuff. Yeah. Like That was so cool. But um, I love how, like, J-Lo threw her, like, hustlers, like, um, moves. Yeah, right into it and stuff. I was like, that's so funny. It was really cute that they brought out um, her daughter to sing a little solo. I was like, she was so, because she's very talented as well. But the best part about the whole thing was A-Rod, his video. Did you see that? Yes. Oh, my. I was crying laughing. I'm like, who is this guy? This is not Alex Rodriguez of the New York Yankees. Yeah. Like, it was so funny. I was surprised that Fox did not put him in the halftime show somewhere. It cut I'm, to him at least okay, once. Good. I'm glad they didn't because that's her time, <laughs> not his time. Yeah, the other was actually was a prop bet going on about whether or not there was an overrun on how many times A Rod was shown at <laughs> a half. They were basically bet, asking you to bet if they would cut to him. Well, they're like attached at the hip, I yes. feel like, you know, because every time he's at Yankee Stadium, she's on, like, she'll pop on yeah. a little bit and stuff too. Which is so awesome. Yeah, there was also the joke going around Twitter about like how like A Rob would go murder the guy who was dancing right behind J Lo like during the See, show. <laughs> I feel like he's pretty con- like he knows he's good. I yeah. feel like he that's like one thing he wouldn't do. Yeah, he's very chill. Yeah. Also, after he's very chill after that video, like he's like yeah, like yeah. screaming. Is yeah. if, if no one's seen that, it's like a must watch. 
yeah, to that's, follow up for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a great point on the A Rod video. That's something I should find and put in the post of this podcast. <laughs> just like let people see the A this side of A Rod because I know A Rod has has critics in terms of like people are not a big fan of him as a baseball announcer. Um, lit- oh, for a baseball announcer, I think he does fine. Well, let me tell you, I was on the I hate A Rod train when he got came to the new to New York to play for the Yankees, and it wasn't until like he left baseball and started dating J Lo, I was like. Eh, whatever, A Rod. He's dating J Lo. That's like a plus for him. And now I'm like, I think I like A Rod. Like, this is weird. I don't enjoy this feeling. I used to be in the I hate A Rod camp too, but I'm a Met fan, so obviously that makes more sense for me. But like, he's starting to win me over. The baseball announcing, eh, I will say. His appearances on Shark Tank are hysterical. Yeah. And also, he does a podcast as well, which, uh, oh, crud. What is it? Uh, I'll have to find it. And it's like, it's so, like, it's so good. And he does it with a guy from Barstool. And um, yeah, it's we, just so entertaining. Yeah, we have friends at Barcelona. We should see if they can put us in touch with A-Rod and get into a crossover podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like that'd be dangerous. Yeah, it might also be dangerous to our friend at Barcelona. It's the corp. Yeah. I didn't even see. Look, it didn't yeah. even load and I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah, that might be dangerous to our friend at Barstool, too. So That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, he's been on this podcast. I will not give his name out, but he's on, he's been out here. Yeah, let's not throw him under the bus. <laughs> We're not throwing him under the bus. I also threw somebody under the bus at the beginning of the podcast, but that's a whole other issue. But That's okay. They'll live. They, they will live. I don't know who you're talking about, but they'll I'll live. T- I'll tell you a story off air. Definitely. Okay, so that was going on, and I feel like in terms of Super Bowl halftime show, I feel like this is, I think, towards the top, I think. Hard to be Prince in Miami because Prince in Miami was at his best. Yeah. I mean, Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain is in, is iconic. That's true. I totally forgot that it was raining. Yeah. That was such a great Super Bowl halftime show. And I feel like this is right up there. What years were in the last year's Maroon 5 Travis Scott disaster? Oh, my God. I'd like, I couldn't, like, when we did the holi- like the end of year, like, recap and everything yeah. with the um, pop culture. With with, Stank- with John Francis yeah, Stanko. Yeah, yeah. Good, good old Stanko. Yeah, uh, he, I literally couldn't remember the Super Time Half Bowl. Like, oh, my God. The halftime show for the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's where I'm at today. Uh, so, you know, this was, like, great. Like, I'll remember this forever. Yeah. This will be when they go down, when they go in about 10 years to another best of Super Bowl halftime shows. Thing. That's going to be on the list. Yeah. Where do you think the NFL can go to top them? I don't even know. I, like, hope they give a little more freedom like they did this year. Because, like, I know, like, uh, you know, I'm sure people had issues with, like, the costumes and, like, what everybody was yeah, wearing. And ch- and yeah, I, I can imagine, like, Shakira Belly is not popular with the family crowd. That's so ch- it takes a lot of work, so they should be more respectful. But yeah. um, <laughs> but I, don't, like, I was trying to think about that today. Like, I'm not too sure, like, who would, you know, who could really top that unless i don't know i i can't even theorize yeah. there's just so many options out there and the key is timing is everything because as i will just we'll get to with the commercials if you are late on somebody that's a problem yes because like you can't be six months behind when somebody's hitting you gotta get them right when they're hot or about to take off like, yes exactly like that's i feel like like bruno mars worked that way because bruno mars is about to take off when he, when he did the Super that's Bowl. true that's true because i remember when the choice was made i was like really <laughs> and, and as a Bon Jovi stan, I was really offended to not go to Bon Jovi for that New Jersey Super Bowl, and then he won me over with that performance. Yeah, Bruno Mars is so talented. He's been in more things than we really can fathom. I can also say I'm also a Bruno Mars stan, so. <laughs> yeah, I have so many of his songs in there, and I am working on stuff with Bruno Mars music in it, so stay tuned, folks. That's a oh, tease. that's exciting. That's a tease. Now, let's go to the commercials for a little bit, so right. the other half of why you're here, so. <laughs> Just the other half. <laughs> the other half. The halftime show is fun. The commercials, I feel like that was such a weird mixed commercial this year. Yeah, I honestly didn't mind a lot of them. Some of them I'm like, okay, like I don't need to watch that ever again. And some of them I'm like, that's pretty clever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was true. Because I remember last year, the commercials all kind of stunk, mostly. Yeah. We had a lot of these chunky Milk Mobile commercials. And yes. <laughs> there was not much great greatness in there. I feel but, like your podcast is like the only podcast that said chunky milk more than once ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mint Mobile, we are your fans. We are giving you free Imagine, advertising. Yeah, we could get sponsorship. <laughs> Guys, I will sponsor you. We may not be kind at first, but we are giving you more airtime. You've got probably many other podcasts on the planet. Probably. In the past year, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this is about the third or fourth time we play Chunky Milk. Unless somewhere in Wisconsin they have like a Chunky Milk podcast. Yeah. Uh, you should ask Joe about that. Joe probably knows as a sharp cheddar guy. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that down in our notes right there in terms of right after figuring out next year's halftime show. We'll ask yes. Joe about this. <laughs> our theorized, our whiteboard. Yeah, so... One thing that was new, I know, is this, and I'll know what your take on this. We actually had full-blown campaign ads during the Super Bowl. We had a one-minute spot from Donald Trump early in the first half with the story of a uh, former, like, uh, somebody, a former woman who was basically free from prison, like after a being like pardoned by Trump or something like that. I remember the exact context of it. Yeah. And then at halftime, we had one from Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. Did, did you think it was weird to have these blatant like election ads in the middle of the Super Bowl? I mean, like honestly, like people turn to sports to get away from things like that. So it's kind of a you know that's like that's why I feel like the Kobe Bryant thing hit so hard because yeah. it was like a big tragedy to help happen to the sports world because usually people like turn on the TV to watch sports to get away from like everyday troubles and tragedies and annoyances like campaign ads because. You know, come October, November here, it's like every other commercial is a campaign ad for something in New York. Um, but it's just annoying. Also, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm probably going to get in trouble, so I don't even care. But uh, did you see the tweet that Trump tweeted out last night? Yes, I did notice oh this. Oh, my God. Just a reference. People, he puts out a congratulatory tweet every time <laughs> the team wins. He's like, oh, you know, like when the when the Red Sox won, like congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. You have done well for the great state of Massachusetts. For the Chiefs. You say congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's done the great state of Kansas in honor. So he got the state wrong. <laughs> I mean, it, that is just, it was, I was like, no way, this isn't real. And then yeah. I went on to Twitter to like look and it's like verified. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And he didn't even take it down. Like, I don't even know. Is it still up? They Somebody got it to him. Somebody got it there to is him. A revised, but it was out for a long it, it was. time. It, it feels like those moments when, I don't know, I know you're not a super big sports talk radio person. It's like when you hear the host make a blatantly wrong thing and they just let them keep going. Yep. Like, like, why are you letting your host hang out to dry like that? <laughs> yeah, I love listening to my uh, sports radio ESPN on my way into work every day. <laughs> yeah, Mike Prince has a frequent victim of this. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I saw that tweet. I had to throw out a good old... It's also the third time this podcast I've used that cliff. <laughs> third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. We're not going to br- ruin it anymore. But I do think also, I I think it's also not a great look when you have the two ads going to two really, really rich white men. Yeah. Because I know they have the equal time thing where you're supposed to like offer everybody the yes, same opportunity. Yes. But like when the buy-ins are like $5 million for 30 seconds. Oh like, my God, yeah. Like who besides those two rich white men is actually able to get a spot on the Super Bowl? Exactly. It's like. It's, it's just annoying. Like, you know, I mean, like I you know, outside of sports, like, yeah, take your politics, but, like, for sports, like, you're there for your team, and that should be it. You're there for your team. You're there for the commercials, and you're there for the, <laughs> for the commercials. You're then. there for J-Lo and Shakira. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, and it's ironic. This is the second time I've ever gone adjacent to politics on this podcast. You're on the other one, too. And Am I really? <laughs> I talk- I'm on the, hit, like, hard-hitting news part. 
Yeah, because the last time, I think the first time you were on, we talked. I actually talked about because AOC like oh, had just won yeah, the election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you remember this, but I actually went to high school to AOC. Yes, yes. Yeah, because she's from Yorktown. Yeah, she is from my town, Yorktown. We actually graduated the same class of 2007. Oh, so. that's really cool. Yeah, that's so, cool. So I do have some AOC stories. That's cool. I will not be sharing too many of them on the air. Yeah, okay. <laughs> give her some public or private space. <laughs> give her some private space. Okay? Yeah. Like, I'm going to leave that there. I'll leave it as a tease. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can save it for any day. That and your clip. <laughs> that, yeah, that and the... To these people who are wondering why we're talking about AOC and Donald Trump <laughs> a little in a sports podcast. Let's go back to the actual commercials. We've got obviously some categories, but the movie trailer category first. There are a lot of movie trailers that were out during the game. A Quiet Place 2, Fast and Furious 9, Black Widow, Bond, Top Gun, Mulan, SpongeBob, Sonic. I think I got most of them. So yeah. which one of them hit you, caught your eye the most? It's hard. I like, because I'm looking forward to A Quiet Place 2. That's like the first thing that popped in my head. Um, also, because it's filmed in the Hudson Valley. I'm just super excited for that to you're get like, some Hudson Valley love. You're like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those bridges were like the Fishkill. Um, they did, they did is. look familiar. I don't even know the bridges by me. How how embarrassing. Um, no, but the Quiet Place 2 looks really good. Um, <laughs> I thought this, like, you were, we were talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog before we came in today. Uh, I just thought that was, like, so weird. I mean, it was cool. It was, like, it was creative. I'll give them that. Yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog one, in case you guys missed it, was you probably confuse it for an NFL commercial because yeah. you had a bunch of former football players and athletes. You have, currently, was that Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, I think a race car driver, and a, I think Allison Felix was on yeah, there. They were, all, they were all talking about, oh, he's super fast. He has incredible speed. And then you turn around, it's Sonic in a director's chair. Yeah, And they give you about 10 seconds at the end of it. And for a movie that I think is probably going to be horrendous, it might I be. I like hope not because I just really root for Jim Carrey. Yeah. I really do. I like really love him as an actor. Yeah, I just feel like he has not had a good movie in a while. No, I think he like has taken the backseat to acting. Yeah. He's gone. I mean, what does he really need to do, honestly? I'm sure he gets nice residual te- checks and everything. Yeah, I mean, those residual checks from Batman and from Batman Forever, I'm sure, or, or Batman and Robin, whichever one he was in, I'm sure those still pouring in. Yeah, and the Grinch <laughs> is, like, making, like, a revamp every year. Like, it gets more popular every year. I'm sure he's, like, perfect. Yeah, so- yeah the Sonic one, I know it's going to be terrible. I'll probably see it just for the train wreck potential. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will go see it just say, wow, this is bad. Definitely. And then I'm excited for... um. Oh my goodness, Mulan! I'm like, I don't know where my brain's going yeah, today, but yeah. I'm just, like, I'm in, I'm just, I know I was like probably less excited last time I was on here, but I'm more excited now. Yeah, the last yeah we did talk about this on the pop year and pop culture special with John Stanko, and you said that was your movie you were hyped for. You're breaking your own rule about Disney live action movies. Yes, I think that yeah. I mean, like I have seen Beauty and the Beast. I don't want to you know. Yeah, you said you didn't like them, but like no, I did not like it, and I haven't seen anything else since. Yeah, but you, this one I think is different though because it doesn't sound like there's not gonna be like stops for singing and all that. It's got yeah. to be like a serious movie. Yeah, I hear it. I. I heard that they were doing like the, some of the music is like instrumental. Yeah. And I'm like, that's 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 tasteful. That's a more appropriate use exactly. of the story. Yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. This is not a kid's story at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, I'm intrigued by Black Widow. I always yeah. will. I I'm intrigued. Mostly, I saw David Harbour in. It. I'm like, yes. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, I was more excited for it beginning when it first came out than now. I don't know what hit me. Now it's sort of like you kind of like it sat with me for a while, and I'm like. Why are we? You're, yeah, there's this sentiment among the Marvel crowd. Like, why are we going back? I'll give it to her. Like, we haven't really, you know. I mean, Captain Marvel had hers, but like, we, you know, Wonder Woman for DC universe. But I'm just glad there's like a female lead superhero movie. Yeah. But like, I just don't know. I like I like Black Widow as like behind. I just hope they do a good job. 
I just feel weird with like because they've had ScarJo for a long time yeah. and like I don't know why they waited so long to do it. I feel like this or after they killed her off. Yeah, that was you know? the, that's yeah. Also, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, oh. <laughs> she died. <laughs> like she's she's dead, and they're going back in time to tell this story. So I don't know why it felt like. I feel like that was sort of a response to like Wonder Woman being like a billion dollar movie. Like, oh, we have female heroes. We can do this. Yeah, maybe. They yeah. Sh- they should have took the risk earlier. It would have been a bigger payoff. Yeah, and again, David Harper is the reason why I want to see this movie because yeah, no. he looks like a guy. maniac in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and David Harper in Stranger Things is one of the best parts of that series. Yes, which I'm excited for. Speaking of Stranger Things, I mean, remember the Winona Ryder commercial in the- Oh my God, yeah. Yes. I love Winona. Yeah. Talk about another person like Robert Downey Jr. who was like great, fell off the wagon and came like, you know, came back again. We're back in Winona Ryder season. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's fun. She's so, I love her. She's great. Yeah. Before we move off from the movies, I have to ask you, are you going to see A Quiet Place 2 in theaters or are you going to wait to see on a plane again? Well, my bank account says go to the theaters. It's cheaper than a plane ticket. But yeah. we'll we'll see how things plan out. I'm trying to take a few trips to go see baseball stadium. So I guess I'd have to wait. Yeah, the, it would probably be out around the summertime for that. Yeah. Who so, knows? Yeah, because you said, you said seeing it on the airplane enhances the experience. Yeah, because I actually just recently rewatched it, and it's not as scary because yeah. I can hear things. <laughs> yeah, because you can- It's not complete silence. You can, you can hear people like walking in the hallway or like people or like your, your phone going off for a text. Yeah, like, yeah. And then like, you know, like it's just like other noises outside, like, you know, cars backing up, like beeping, all that stuff. But in the airplane, it's like silence. Yeah, it's true. Let's go to overall. We're going to put aside one A. We're going to say, you and I know which one this is. Yes. This is this would be your favorite. But aside from that one, what's your favorite at the Super Bowl? So um, this year? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's the password. Yeah. That, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be how, like, death would work. Like, yeah. what was the name of your first pet? And then he gets them all wrong. Yeah. Like, this, I thought that was very clever. I really liked that one. And then I have it's a tie because the weather tech that was like, whew. Yeah, I, that I, was emotional. We are both dog people. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> so like that one, that one's all the feels. Oh my god, that was like so cute. And they were like, and I had cancer. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, so it's, like, it's like the tears start flowing. Yeah, I was more upset. I was not more ups like upset, sad, but like you know, I was like more emotional about that commercial than the Google one. Yeah, I mean, like as somebody who's had a dog who had like a brain tumor and like passed away early, mm-hmm. that hit me. Yeah, I've you know I've also had a dog pass away not from a brain tumor, but. He had kidney failure, and then he yeah. ended up having cancer as well. So, and then my dog before that had cancer as well. So, like, it's just one so of those it, things. I'm like, cancer. It's a dog getter. Yeah, hit all. Yeah, I hit all the hit all the feels. Oh, so many feels. Yeah, my favorite ad. I have to say, I think was probably the Jason Momoa ad that for was Rocket Mortgage. So creepy. I did not enjoy that one. I was so creeped out by yeah, that. I just thought it was just it looked weird, but it was just so funny. I like that was like what I think it was like, okay, this is just so absurd, I'll go with oh it. Oh my god, it was so ugh ugh. Oh, um the Mountain Dew one was good. Yeah, with Brian Cranston. Yes. Yeah. I mean creepy at the end when he's the yeah. twins, but yeah. like I was he did such a good job. Yeah. I was like remake of The Shining, possibly. Yeah. I would do I would say a Brian Cranston version with The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be fun. And then the Mountain Dew would be like a low-key supporter. Like random Mountain yeah. Dews hiding in the corner. <laughs> yeah, to recap the Jason Momoa Rocket Morgan's commercial, basically he comes home from a shoot. He's like, yeah, you know, home is great. It's where I can be myself. And he starts taking off the, pl- the shoes. Yeah. He starts like ripping muscles off. It looks like he's this skinny twig thing. Ugh. And he's bald. You know what? That's my Chunky Milk commercial for the year. It's Jason Momoa? Yeah, that really didn't sit well with me. Yeah. I feel like that's one you either love that commercial or you hate that commercial. And you're yeah. clearly on the hate side of that commercial. Yeah. Don't yeah. hate him. Love him. The commercial's bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's like one of those things where like for me it's like it did his job because you remember it's rocket mortgage. Exactly, yeah. I know then that's what they're going for. Yeah, you remember it's a rocket mortgage commercial because he will never forget that. Yes. It's, it's, you obviously that was one of your picks of the worst ads. So like any other ads you think bombed? Um which one? I'm trying to the I don't the Doritos one. I felt like Yes. You know, it was like clever, but I'm just like okay. Yeah. And yeah, the ref the Doritos that Sam is referencing is the one that happened late in the third quarter where they have a cowboy shouting little Nas X. I forget who the other actor was. Oh, Sam, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Like the classic, like yeah. Western. Like he's the voice yeah. in um, yeah. the Big Lebowski. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they're having a like cowboy showdown out in the West. And then the rewards is a bag of Doritos. They're doing it the old town road. And I'm like, guys, this commercial was six months late. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, the, you know, it's just, it's like, it was clever, but. It exactly. If it came out six months earlier, maybe even eight months. Because I'll tell you, like I over the summer I interned at the Rockland Bowlers, and we were abusing Old Town Road in between innings as like a song to get the crowd yep. fired up. Yeah. And now, and now it's like, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like you know, it's it came and it went. He yeah. has Panini out now. Yeah, that was that was one I did not like. What did you think about the the Tide ad where they were going through the game, the sequence, how the guy has a stain, and they kept flashing forward different points of his story. Oh yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. I was, I think it went on one ad too long. Yeah, I, I can agree to that. Because I liked the one at the beginning. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Then him showing up with the Bud Light ad was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. But then there's the, so many commercials. Jeez. Yeah, there's so many. There are so many, and I feel like this is a good sign for this year because there's so many that we actually remember. As, yeah, as that's to, true. Most of them blending together. Yeah. That one, I thought the last one with him as an old guy again didn't work. Yeah, no. At that point, I'm like, okay, I got the joke. Yeah, exactly. That one, I also thought the Walmart one was too was too much. Yeah. It was like there's too many references. Yeah. Something like, I think I I, re- I think I actually ended up changing the channel halfway through that one. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's sorry, a bad, Walmart. That's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad sign for Did sure. Did you uh, see the Pringles one? I was not a super fan of the Pringle one. Oh yeah. Do you like? Do you watch Rick and Morty? I have watched a little bit of Rick and Morty. Okay, gotcha. I just thought it was clever. It's just very Rick and Morty. Like it just felt like an episode. Yeah. That's why I did not like the other one. I didn't like not the content. This is where I have that bone to pick with the NFL. They had they did an ad with Anquan Bolden where they're promoting advocacy, and the story is good. But to me, I don't like the NFL selling it when yeah. you have this whole thing where Colin Kaepernick is being an advocate and basically being blackballed from the league. Yeah, that's that that, that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I feel like they're just trying to get the the football fans who are mad about that. And they're just gonna, you know, they're trying to like loop them back in. There's yeah. a because there's a lot. There's a, there was actually a restaurant um, up by me that decided to not stream football games. Yeah, I don't know if it had to do with anything. They went out of business soon after. Well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people, you know, up in Dutchess County, there are some very, very conservative. But you know, there's it was it's been more of a conservative side than anything else. But there's more like you know liberals and stuff there now but like people were upset that they refused to show football because of someone kneeling like yeah. that's not Come on. that's not your like place yeah. to do that you know so, i mean i guess it is because it's a private restaurant but anyway <laughs> yeah, anyway we'll we'll put the private restaurant to the side let's yeah. let's talk about some of the other ads do you do you remember that i'm actually going to play the tom brady hulu ad Ugh, okay. <laughs> get your take on that yeah. one let's go they say all good things must come to an end So to my teammates, my family, and my fans, you deserve to hear this from me. Hulu doesn't just have live sports. According to the script they just gave me, Hulu also has your favorite cable channels plus the greatest shows, movies, and originals of all time. 
So it's time to say goodbye to TV as you know it. But me? I'm not going anywhere. You're just shaking your head throughout that entire thing. That, like, made me so annoyed. Like, yeah. I don't know who let this, like, according to the script that I just got, like, who left that in there? Like, that get was, out of here. Yeah, like, you sound so pompous. That is Tom Brady being, like, smarmy Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not your, you know. I will say the con- This is why mm-hmm. nobody likes the Patriots. Like, yeah. just stuff like that. And it was so funny because you see a couple of days before the game, you put the tweet out. It turned out it was from that commercial. Everyone was yeah. panicking, like, oh, my God, is he retiring? Oh, my God, is he coming back? <laughs> Me, I'm just, meanwhile, just, like, just chilling, like, yeah. whatever. If he retires, yeah. who cares? Like, I'm not, you know, he's yeah. a good football player. I'm not going to, like. But we're sick of him. Yeah. Like, that was so pompous. Yeah. Sorry, Stanko. I'm, like, pooping yeah. on your favorite team ever, but honestly, so annoying. Yeah, I'm sure he's not listening this far in. <laughs> <laughs> We probably lost him back when we were talking about the politics. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe he was stuck. Stick around. Yeah, if he did, sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, I think the concept worked because it's so funny watching, like, the whole idea of, like, hey, like, I'm going to give you my retirement. I was not commercial. Like, yeah. just kidding. We're talking about Hulu. Yeah. And, I mean, like, honestly, I feel like I'd be, like, more okay if he didn't just say that stupid line. According yeah. to the script I just got. It just really just makes me so angry. Like, there's, like, if he just said there's one thing I want to tell you and just launch into the Hulu thing, that would be funnier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny watching Twitter right afterwards. I went on afterwards, and all yeah. the Patriot fans are like, he's coming back. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it would be like, funny if he just straight up retired and just like, can't. Like, you know what I mean? As a nice, I mean, he's doing it for his fans. I mean, I read that as clearly as like, he's not retiring. I did not read that he, as he said, I'm going back to the Patriots. I mean, for all we know, he can go somewhere else. No, he's definitely staying there. You sure about that? Yeah. Oh, what's, what's he going to do? He could go other places. Where That's- do you think he would go? Joe and I threw out a few ideas before. I think okay, the, the, I'll have to listen to that part to listen to what you think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> I'll the, wait, I'll wait. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans were my top pick. Interesting. Because his former his former t- his former team, Mike Vrabel's the coach there. They got good support Come system on, around him. We don't him. want Tennessee to do well again. Why not? They're not in the AC East. Who are you talking to? That's true. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I am sorry, Sam. It's okay. I forgive you. I feel like it's more like he's going to stay and torture me than he's going to torture you, though. So I will say that. Oh, yeah. So regardless, he'll just torture the Jaguars regardless. Can you just do us all a favor? Go to like, Los Angeles and save the Chargers, please. Yeah. It's a great place to go retire in LA. Go to LA. Wear the powder blue. Go help them build into the stadium. Go say how to play Bortles. Go buy half the team. Yeah. Just go there. Please go away, Tom. Yeah. We Wait, all, Blake we, Bortles is there, right? He's, he's like the third string. I think he's on the Rams. Oh, he's. Yeah, LA Rams. Yeah, he's not at the LA Chargers, I'm going to. Oh, gotcha. There you go. Yeah. There's my mismatch. Because Philip Rivers' entire family apparently moved out of San Diego. Now I moved to Florida. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that until about two days ago. <laughs> so things are happening in the NFL. Knowledge bombs. The other controversial one. Baby nuts. <laughs> are you pro or anti-baby nut? I like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, you, I and I know where they got the idea from. Baby yeah. Yoda. Thousand percent baby Yoda. Like, come on. You just, you can't just, that's like when people take your ideas and just go with it and it's not as good as your idea and you're like, I know exactly where you got that from. That sounds exactly what I said. Yeah, I, I noticed it too because I remember, I remember a couple, in the week before, I was I talking, know, so like, they're, they're, so, kill, they're killing planters. Yeah, uh, yeah. when they killed him, I'm like, they're going to revamp him into something else. Yeah. You don't just kill like Mr. Peanut. Yeah, and now his baby nut. No, he's, is he going to stay a baby forever? They're probably going to try and ride the train as long as the baby Yoda thing is hot. My goodness. So I'm going to. should jump on that. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a fun little, fun little exercise here. Okay. We're going to power rank the pop culture babies. Is okay. It, it's these three. Okay. Baby Nut, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. and Baby Groot. 
Okay, well, Yoda, Groot, then Nut shouldn't even be in the category, but <laughs> Nut super last. We yeah. could throw in another baby, like baby Scooby-Doo, and yeah. like he still gets bumped to the end. Yeah. Baby Nut's just so bad. My goodness. Baby Yoda forever. Baby Yoda's gonna gonna live on forever. He's like, like everywhere. Like there's like this like uh, I walked past a martial art thing and yeah. like Baby Yoda approved. I'm like I didn't know he was approving things. Yeah, apparently all the Baby Yoda merch at Disney now. Yeah. Because they have opened the Star Wars rock land down there and it's all down there. Yeah, which is insane. That's a yeah. whole other topic. But um, you know, in Disney Plus, you can make profiles. Yeah. They finally made a picture so you could be Baby Yoda. And I was very nice, and I gave my brother Baby Yoda. Oh, I'm I'm Stitch. That's so nice of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought so. That was that was a very selfless act to do. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's a, it just shows how kind of heart you have. I'm very kind. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell us in this podcast. I but. pay the I pay the <laughs> Disney bill, and I give him Baby Yoda. Yep. Two other ones. I want a couple other ones. I want to get to before we wrap it up. The Microsoft ad with the with the Fortnite assistant coach. What do you think about that? That was nice. Yeah. You know, coming from a female perspective on my end, it's yeah. just like you know, I, it's so funny because I talk about playing how I wanted to play football when I was younger. Sam Samuels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's <laughs> Somebody told me I'll, I'll have. I have I told this story in the podcast. Yes, you have. Yeah. Sam Samuels. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I told somebody at work and they're like, just leave out that you're a kicker, that you want to be a kicker. I'm like, leave me alone. Because like for girls, you know, when I was younger, you could be a kicker, but that's about it. Yeah. You know, because I, you know, I was looking into hockey. I was looking into football. I didn't play either. I did basketball. But um, there's there's more options now, and it's great to see like okay, like a female can coach. Like yeah. a, you know, it could be a woman coach. Yeah. It's great. I just you know I thought that was nice of Microsoft. It was a nice job by Microsoft. It's sort of like. I kind of feel the same veins with the one we had last year with Anthony Lynn talking to the first responders. Oh, yeah. Like, that one, I think, was one of my favorite ads last year. Yeah. When they, when they brought the real first responders out who saved his life. Like, they, re, I don't know, I actually watched the Super Bowl's Greatest Commercial special last uh-huh. week. They put that in there. I teared up again watching. Like, this is so, like, beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. And his reaction on that was just so genuine. It was so yeah, nice. I yeah. was like, I was like, wow, this is a real human moment. And you can't really always capture those on commercials. No, exactly. Yeah. That one. Another one I'm going to, the last one I'm going to play. I put the last ad on here. It's our good friends with the Smart Park. I just got to find where. Oh, my God. Smart Smart Park is. Why isn't Stanko on this podcast? Yeah, we got Stanko actually reenacting the podcast. We can do the Smart Park accent. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty pants, all right? Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough? Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right, he's got Smart Pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got Smart Pack! Hey, whoa, whoa, it's Big Poppy. Wicked Smart. This is a ghost car. A better way to park. Only available on the all new Sonata with remote smart parking assist. Sorry about that, your bigness. Did you guys know he lived there? I had no idea. What'd you think of Smart Park? Ugh, I just don't get it. I like, I like Boston. Boston's a beautiful city, but I'm just like, why does it have to? Business. I mean, I yep. love um, Rachel Dratch. Yeah. Big Poppy, gotta respect him. But I'm like, guy gets shot. Yeah. Like, has this whole, like, medical thing. And then he's on the Super Bowl. What a yeah. comeback. <laughs> yeah. Him, him, Chris Evans there was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Krasinski. I for, yes. 
good yeah. old Jim Halpert. It's yeah. so funny. Everyone's like, yeah. when I see uh, when I see him, like I'm just like Jim Halpert, yeah. and I feel bad that that's what he's on. Oh, and then uh, Rain Wilson, yeah. he was on uh, another Super Bowl commercial for Little Caesars. Yeah, yeah, they they did a good job with their office reps. Yeah, and then it was um, it was nice that like that that commercial was actually pretty well done. Yeah, when he's like the corporate big guy, and then yeah. he's the one delivering yeah. <laughs> the pizza. <laughs> Yeah, this is the f- this is what happens when you're 36 minutes into a podcast, folks. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Because we've been saving the best for last. Oh, let's go. The commercial of the year, Jeep oh, Gladiator with Bill, with Bill Murray. <laughs> I think it's his first ever like national like commercial, I think. You're the Bill Murray expert. You, you know, you're correct I, think, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, so. Well, he's little, he doesn't, like, people go to him with ideas, yeah. and he, like, barely accepts any. Yeah. This was big. I remember when he popped on the screen and was like, oh, my God, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. my face lit up. So as the Bill Murray expert of this podcast, pl- pl- like your take on the commercial. I really enjoyed it. I, I love Groundhog Day. And it was Groundhog Day yesterday for people who didn't know that. I was wishing everybody a happy Groundhog Day. And they're looking at me like I have 10 heads. Um, but I thought that was just like really well planned out. Like Jeep was like, OK, let's be a little creative, you know, since we're Jeep and we don't aren't that creative in general (laughs) um let's just do you know and i just thought it was great and they had everybody there i love the (laughs) whack-a-mole yeah and let's be real that car is ugly oh it's one i didn't even uh, you know yeah that ugly orange car but then again i remembered it i guess they did their job yeah but um that was great i thought that was perfect i love that he's like just so excited every time to see the jeep just go do something else with the jeep it's great like you'll freeze to death i'll see you tomorrow yeah yeah and I think the Ned Ryerson return, like the, even getting the, the the groundhog back, yeah. all perfect. And it's still so funny because, you know, the movie is like, oh, like, no, not again. And yeah. so he's like, yeah, let's go. Have it at him. Yeah, it was cute. It was nice because, you know, like, I mean, it just is the trend that we're revamping everything that it's ever been made ever. Yeah. But in this way, it was nice and tasteful. It was nice. It was they, they actually did just a commercial and didn't try and redo Groundhog Day. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And with that, I think we gave you a very nice roundup of pretty much very detailed. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, it's okay. It's very entertaining, which is which was the point of why we're here. I hope so. I hope. Yeah. Hope so. I hope the medium bar. I set it and it was reached. Yeah, I, I think you did. I think you went over the medium bar quite a bit. So we'll see. We'll have to see on feedback. Yeah, feedback is generally good when you're on. So I will. I will. <laughs> I will I'll pass on the scatter course. Who knows? Tenth time might not be the charm. I think it'll be the charm. <laughs> anyway. Thanks again for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, as always. How how people follow you on social media? All right, let me see if I get I get this like right half of the time, <laughs> but it's uh, at Twitter at s derose five. I think D-E-R-O-S-5. that is R O S five. I think that is correct. Yeah, I'm yeah. like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Just Google me. Yeah, Google Sam. Google Sam. Yeah, and also you are a big base big Yankee fan. Yes, I have the baseball beat guys coming next week. Schneider and Sorley are both going to be on the podcast next week. So. Ooh. I will I'll pass on your scouting report of the Yankee offseason. How do you think they did? I think they did all right. Uh, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Garrett Cole's all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's That's just, a lot of money, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm concerned about the month of June, but it's okay. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see. They do have they did bring your favorite player back. Yeah, that's all that mattered to me offseason, to be completely honest. Like Cole, that'd be great. But Brett Gardner, that's yeah. a win. Yes. Indeed. Like Love Hicks, he he can he can take all the time he wants. Yeah, you you you'd be fine with him taking the full year to recover from yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and he's coming off a career year, so you never know what he could do for an encore. I'm nervous for him. Yeah. I'm nervous for him. 
I will say he was a hero of my fantasy baseball team last year, Brett Gardner. Yeah, he did great. And then uh, I'm just hoping he does well to, so I can sub, like uh, wear my Guardy Bang t-shirt. It's like the MLB logo with him banging on it. It's like my <laughs> favorite thing ever. Yeah, it is, it's a, it is a great shirt. And at that, thanks again. It was much appreciated. Up next, we're going to talk a little tennis. You were, I know you you dabble in the tennis a little bit. Keep an very, eye on things. Very, very little. <laughs> well, if, if you're interested, I will break down what happened in the Australian Open right after this. Right, we are back with this week's two-minute drill. You guys heard ESPN's Chris Fowler and Chris Everett breaking down the final point of the Australian Open women's final. American Sophia Kennan tops Garbi Muguruza to win her first career Grand Slam at the age of 21. And this is a name that listeners of this podcast are very familiar with because our tennis correspondent at this point, Veronica Brewer from Fans, has been on here several times. Really, like every time we talk on Major, she said that Sophia Kennan is a player to watch. And she came through here. She had a very interesting run at this. She's the first American, other than Serena, by the way, to win the Australian Open since Jennifer Capriati back in 2002. Here's a trend of the young emerging stars breaking out at these Grand Slams. We had This started back in the 2018 U.S. Open with Naomi Osaka. She followed up with a win in Australia last year. We had Ashley Barty come back from the hiatus to win in Roland Garros. Bianca Andreescu, who sat out of this Australia with a knee injury, she won at the U.S. Open last year. So another young emerging star wins a slam, and she had quite the run to get there. She had a big win the fourth round over Coco Gauff, who we'll get to in a minute. She had a big run herself, but she was down a set in that one. Beat Ashley Barty in the semifinals, who was the number one seed and the crowd favorite, the native Australian. Big win there. And dropped the first set in the final to Muguruza, but managed to win anyway. 4-6, 6-2, 6-2, and shows some guts down in Australia. She is an emerging star, and I'm fascinated to see where she goes from here because the young American crowd has filled with so many interesting tennis players. I mean, you have Sloane Stevens, you have the aforementioned Coco Gauff, you have Madison Keys, you have Danielle Collins made a deep run in Australia last year. The list goes on. Now you can add Sophia Ken to that list, joining Sloane Stevens as a Grand Slam champion, and I'm excited to see where she goes from here. She's got an upward trajectory. Her game should translate well to most surfaces. I think she could definitely be a rising star in this sport sooner rather than later, and would not surprise me if in the next, say, five years, we're basically jockeying between who wins slants between Coco Gauff, Sophia Kennan, Naomi Osaka, that crew, that I think the core of this next generation is starting to form, and it's fun to see that happening. Some other headlines from the women's side. Serena Williams goes out in the third round, loses in three sets. Bears appointment for her because she was playing pretty well entering the slam. She was... Firing all cylinders, she won the tune-up in Auckland, but the drought continues. She has not won a slam since returning to the tour after giving birth at the end of 2017. 
Her last slam win was 2017 in Australia. And you thought she had a good shot here. I picked her to win before the tournament started, but it's just a sign. Time always wins. It always does. And you wonder, is the time starting to run out for her to break that record that Margaret Court had? She's one slam away. She's one slam away for about three years. She's lost four finals since then. Is the window closing? That remains to be seen. The other big takeaway from the women's side, Coco Gauff's time is coming. We saw her start out the Australian Open like she did at Wimbledon, beating Venus Williams, then the big win over Naomi Osaka in the third round after Osaka handled her pretty well in New York back in the U.S. Open in, in September. Naomi Osaka here loses to Coco Gauff. She rides on into that win, gets the first egg in Sophia Kennan, loses the last two to drop the match. So, again, very young age, into the fourth round of a slam again, and I'm putting this down right now. You can take this to the bank. She is winning a slam for the next two years. 1,000% she's winning a slam. She's too talented not to. She has all the tools. She has the mental uh, fortitude to do it. The experience she's gaining winning at these slams, getting into second weeks, that's very valuable experience at a young age. So she will be a force as time goes on. On to the men's side. Nothing really new there. Novak Djokovic wins again. Record setting eighth Australian Open title. This man owns Melbourne. Slam number 17 for him. Keeping the goats race tight. Remember, Roger Federer tops it at 20. Rafael Nadal right behind him. And Djokovic two behind him. So this is going to be a fun race as it continues to progress over the, over the years. The draw on the men's side shook out pretty much like we expected it to until the quarters. That's when things really started getting interesting. Rafael Nadal upset by Dominic Thiem, who tops Sasha Zverev in the semis, earned a spot in the finals with Novak. I want to give a little shout out to Sasha Zverev, who I've been down on in the past, who loaded talent, never seems to get far. The far as he's gotten a slam at the semis here. You wonder if this is the point where he starts to figure it all out, put everything together, and make another run, maybe get to a final some point soon. But Sasha Zverev encouraging. The bigger story here, Dominic Thiem. In terms of the guys outside the big three, outside of the greatest of all time, Dominic Thiem right now is by far the closest to winning a slam. Dominic Thiem in the final built a two to one set lead on Djokovic and just wore down at the end because Djokovic is one of the fittest players on the tour. He will do that to you. If you get in these long matches with him, he will just grind you to death and win the match running away. That's what happened there. Thiem, though, he took Novak to the brink on his favorite surface. This is like Novak is to hear what Rafael Nadal is to clay on Roland Garros. He took him to the brink here. He reached the finals at Roland Garros East the last few years, a dominant player on the clay courts. So, like I said with Coco Gauff on the women's side, Dominic Thiem's going to win a slam soon. Might be as soon as Roland Garros, a couple of months. It's coming. He's going to win one. Another great showing as well for Roger Federer. Cruise of the first two rounds. Had to get through some marathons, though, to get as far as he did. He had to win a five-set against John Millman, remember, who beat him at the U.S. Open a few years ago. Got through four sets against Martin Fuksovic. And the quarterfinal, a five-set marathon against ten- American Tennis Sangren before taking on Djokovic. And at that point, I don't think he had anything left. Djokovic wins it in straight sets. It's hard for a 38-year-old to beat Novak Djokovic. It's even harder for a 38-year-old, even as great as Roger Federer, to do it with basically three straight five 
marathon matches. And Yurok is, like I said, younger, more physically fit. And on a court like that, it's very demanding, very hard to expect a 38-year-old to go through those marathons and then come back and beat a relatively fresh Djokovic in that point. Now, the tennis calendar still goes on, but in terms of the casual audience, it will recess into the background for a little bit because there's still a lot going on here. Because, I mean, you had the NBA trade deadline, the NHL regular season wrapping up, the re up to March Madness, baseball spring training. Tennis will slip into the background for a bit. Pop up again in the mainstream audience back in May when the French Open begins. The French side, the men, pretty clear favorites. Nadal, obviously, wins pretty much every time he's there. He's the favorite. Dominic Thiem right behind him. Djokovic right behind him. Federer did make a deep run last year. It'll be interesting to see what he does in his second trip back to Roland Garros after a really long layoff. But I would be stunned if the winner comes outside of those four people. Women's side, far more wide open. Ashley Barty, defending champion. Simona Halep, big favorites there. I don't think Serena will do much in France just because this is not her preferred surface. She hasn't advanced past the fourth round here since 2016. Also interesting to see how Coco Gauff's game translates to clay because Coco Gauff's not played a major clay tournament yet. She played grass at Wimbledon, a bunch of hard courts. She has not really played a big-time clay schedule yet. So you can see what tune-up she picks to get ready for the Roland Garros and how far she gets in her first attempt at the French Open. I think she'll do well. She's not going to win. I think she'll do well. And that's the take on the Australian Open. Some interesting headlines coming out of it. Congrats again to Sofia Kennan, Novak Djokovic. Well done out there. All right, and that will do it for this week's episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast. I want to thank my guest, Joe D'Aloisio, for hopping in the studio to break down the big game, talk about all the Super Bowl 54 headlines, and do a little off-season preview as well. I also want to thank Sandra Rose for coming in the studio once again. Had a very fun conversation about the halftime show, the commercials, all the fun stuff that comes with the pop culture segments. If you want more of stuff like this podcast, including my ode to Curtis Granderson, one of the few New York athletes beloved by both Met fans and Yankee fans, check out the blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Simply search for Just and the Suffering there. You can find it on any of those platforms. You can find all our old episodes as well. There's a lot of good stuff in the archive, so feel free to go back and check those out. Feel free to leave your feedback and star ratings as well. And I'm like, and I'll help make this podcast even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And tweet me the hashtag Groundhog Day. And I'll have that great Bill Murray commercial. Hashtag Groundhog Day made the end of this week's show. Next week, as I mentioned earlier, the baseball beat Will Schneiderhand and Anthony Sorvalini will be back to recap the offseason. I'll discuss the state of the NBA locals after the trade deadline. The Knicks might do something stupid, which I'm expecting and very disappointed about. The Nets, who knows how they're going to play this with a Kyrie injury, and more. Until then, I hope you have a better week than 49ers fans. Ah,